When I was two years old, my daddy lit the grill. Two, maybe I was 17, I don't know, I was two. And I walked up to the grill, and I put my hand on the grill, and I yelled real loud and I burned my hand. When I was three, my daddy lit the grill. I walked up to the grill, I put my hand on the grill, and I burned my hand. When I was four, my daddy lit the grill. I walked up to the grill, this is a true story. I walked up to the grill and my mommy knew she had a special little boy on her hands. And she said, Jonathan, the grill is hot. Use your head, son. That's what happened. That is a true story. Before you laugh at me and make fun of me because I'm a slow learner, I have news for you. You're slow learners too. This is an uncomfortable text. I really don't want to preach it. Today we're going to see that we all are slow learners. That we all are self-focused, self-confident people who don't think of anyone else. Isn't that an awesome way to start the sermon? Hey y'all, you're slow learners. You're self-focused, you're self-confident, and you're inconsiderate. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I pray for these self-focused... Just kidding. I do, but watch. I'm in Mark chapter 10, verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up... Oops, let's start in 32. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying... See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise. Now, verse 35, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, you, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, you were able. Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit in my right hand or my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they became, began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. What does this have to do with a four-year-old sticking his head on a grill? I don't know, but I wanted to get that off my chest. I know. This should jog your memory. Jesus has now taught this truth three times in the Gospel of Mark. 8.31, 9.31, and 10.32. Those are chapters and verses. And the disciples just don't get it. The grill is hot. The grill is hot. Use your head. 
Jesus says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. For the love of God, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to die and I'll rise. What's wrong with these idiots? Why don't they get it? How can they be so ignorant? That's what we're going to look at today. But look at this. Jesus says, they're on the road going to Jerusalem. Jesus is walking ahead of them. He's not being forced to Jerusalem, is he? The masses aren't driving him there. The disciples aren't saying, come on, let's get there. Jesus is leading the parade. He's ahead of them. And they're amazed. Why are they amazed? Look at John 11. They're going to Jerusalem. Thomas says, well, let's just go and die with him. This guy's walking to his death. They're amazed. They're afraid. And talking to the 12, he tells them what's going to happen. He says, I'm going to be delivered. Who delivered Jesus over to be killed? Anybody want to answer that question? What's that? Judas Iscariot delivered Jesus over to the Sanhedrin. Yes? The Sanhedrin delivered Jesus over to Pilate. Yes? Pilate delivered Jesus over to the soldiers. Yes? And the soldiers killed Jesus. It's out of control. Yes? Who delivered Jesus over? You ever read Romans 4.25? It says, he was delivered over to death for our sins by who? I don't know. Check it out. Because Romans 8.32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Who delivered Jesus? Watch this. He says to these disciples, I'm going to be delivered by God over for your sins if you will trust in me so you might have eternal life. I am walking to my death in the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God to save you. I'm going to Jerusalem to bring this to completion. And the disciples say, praise you, God. Holy, holy, holy. They fall to the ground. They worship Jesus. We are not worthy. Help us. Help us. Oh, my isn't that what it says in verse 35? James and John come up to Jesus. Listen, guys. Jesus just says, I am going to lay down my life for you so you can be right with God, so you can live with God forever for a perfect, perfect life in all of eternity and perfect fellowship with God. All of your sins will be removed as far as the east is from the west. You'll be made white as snow. You'll have riches and abundance in heaven. I will care for you perfectly. And James and John come up to Jesus. And they fall at his feet and worship him. Amen? Good thing we do that, yeah? What do they do? Ayo, they're all from Brooklyn. Ayo, Jesus. You know, what's up, guys? I want you to do for me what I ask you to do. Will you say yeah? He says, what do you want? Yeah, we want the good seats, buddy. Yeah. You want the good seats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard what you're saying. We want the good seats. Yeah, you want the good seats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a cost to the good seats. You, don't, you really want to really deal with what you got to deal with? Yeah, we got this. Give us the seats. These are some self-focused, ignorant folks. These guys just heard from Jesus that he, the Lamb of God, who came to lay down his life for those who will believe, is going to Jerusalem to do just that. And they say, we want the best seats in the house. What's their motive? The glory of God? The glory of who? James and John. Do you ever ask God for things for your glory, not his. What do you pray for? What do you ask for? What's your motivation? Now, if you're saved, you have mixed motives. That's the point here. Some things are for the glory of God, but some things, 
I can't speak for you. I can only speak for me. Some things are for the glory of Pastor John. You see, three words, me, you, and Jesus. And in the flesh, that's how I live. It's all about me. I'll use you, and I'll ask God if I need something else. Do I always do that? No, but that's the nature of my heart. The word order should be Jesus, you, me. For the glory of God and service to others, and I die to myself day by day. But the reality, and Jesus says to these disciples, you are prideful, self-focused, overconfident people who are inconsiderate, and that's not how my people live, because that's not the way to greatness. Who wants to be great? I want to be great, throw them up. Who wants to be great? See, now you're all like uncomfortable, because what's he going to say if I put my hand up? I want to be great because God gave us a desire to be great, but there are two ways to try to be great, the way of the world and the way of the kingdom. The way of the world says, me first, self-confident, self-powered, use you, ask God to be my cosmic bellhop. If you want to be great in the world, it works. If you want to be great in the kingdom, do you know what Jesus says? Die to self, God's glory alone, serving others. Who's fired up for that? Why don't we want to do that? You want me to tell you why? Because you're prideful, self-focused, self-confident, inconsiderate people. Anybody have a tomato? <laughs> I hate this sermon. It's got a good end, but stick with me. Their motivation is all about them. It's all about their glory. It's all about what they want. Anyone here have a bucket list? Okay? I don't like bucket lists. You put your hands up, so I'm going to pick on you. I'm kidding. I've read their bucket list. And the first three items on the bucket list of the roads is to share the gospel with as many as people as they possibly can for the glory of God, number one. Number two, to serve as many people as I can for the glory of God. And number three, to die to self as much as I can for the glory of God. Amen? Why aren't those the first three things on your bucket list? Do you want me to tell you? Because you're self-focused, overconfident, inconsiderate people just like me. And Jesus says, if you don't change your ways, you're going to hell. Yes? No. Jesus says, I'll change your ways if you'll trust in me. Are the disciples saved? The answer is yes. Are the disciples saved? Yes. Are they self-focused, overconfident, inconsiderate people? Yes. You know, we call that a hypocrite. Any hypocrites here? I am the chief amongst them. But I don't want to stay where I am. So look at this. Hey, oh Jesus, we want the seats. You want this? Yeah, we want the seats. All right, you know how to get the seats? There's some cost. Can you handle it? You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they say to him, what? We're able. My favorite verse in the Bible, I can do all things. You guys like that one? You ever read it? Shh. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. I am a strong, powerful, intelligent, good-looking man. I can do all things. See, I have a lot of natural ability. I can do all things, and I read that in my Bible. You ever see these, these smiley preachers? It says here in God's Word, I can do all things. It does. But you know what else it says? What? Through what prepositional phrase? Through Him who strengthens me. Who here wants to be in a position of total and complete dependence and surrender to Christ. Ugh. Ugh. Kind of, kind of not. You with me here? Do you know why? Because you're self-focused, self-confident, inconsiderate people. The disciples say, hey, 
We want the best seats in the house. Jesus says, you think you can handle what it takes? You don't have what it takes. That's going to be hard. You think you can handle it? Yeah, we got it. We can do this. We all tend to want to have our own glory. We all tend to run ahead of God. I'm going to go do this. What does God have to say about that? Who cares what he has to say about that? I can do all things. I read that in the Bible. God, my cosmic bellhop. You ever pray this way? My cosmic bellhop, here is what I want from you today. Would you make me healthy, wealthy, and wise? Would you get rid of annoying people? Would you make everything go my way? Would, would you give me the best seats? And do it quick, because I'm impatient, God. Ta-ta. You ever pray that way? Yeah, you do. I do, too. And it should frighten the boots off of you. Because it's like Jesus saying, do you know how much I love you? Do you know what I did for you? Do you know who I am? And we're like, yeah, 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 but listen, here's what I want. Now, why doesn't Jesus just bust these suckers up? Why is he just like, y'all, can't take it anymore? Why doesn't he have a fit of rage? Lightning, these guys are like, should we call lightning and thunder down from heaven? She's like, yeah, right on your stinking heads. You are giving me a headache. Why doesn't he do that? It's called grace. Well, the good thing is we have the other 10 disciples, and, and they come up, right? He tells them to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant. You know who gets the best seats in the house? Who's great in the kingdom of God? Well, that's where we're getting here. It's not mine to grant. When the other 10 heard it, they ran up. They were indignant. They said, James and John, have you not heard what the Lord said? This is Messiah come to take away the sins of the world. Who do you think you are to be so self-focused and overconfident and inconsiderate? Worship and adore him. Now, like, hey, oh, we want the seats, man. Well, we were here first and we brought our mom. Do you know who their mom is? By the way, Matthew, they brought their mom. You know who their mom is? The crucifixion accounts are three women. Mary, the mother of the Lord, Mary Magdalene, and the Delhi lady, Salami. Is that not how you say her name? Well, when you put the accounts together, you see that Salome was a sister of Mary, the mother of Christ. James and John, they're Jesus' cousins, and they brought Auntie Salami to talk to Jesus. They say, you're bringing his aunt, you're calling out the family guns, we want the seats, and Jesus lost his mind. Verse 42, that's the Greek translation. Jesus called them to him and said, you know, those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. What is he saying? Y'all are on the way to greatness according to the world if you're self-confident, self-focused and inconsiderate other people. If you want to be great in the world, that's where you go. You got it, pursue it, run after it. But when you get there, it might not turn out so well. He says, where'd you learn this attitude? From the world. But what's it say next? Whoever would be great among you must be a servant. And whoever would be first amongst you must be slave of all. Oh, man, Jesus. Why has he got a poke? You see, this is a hard, hard text. Because I'm a hot mess. I'm a recovering sin addict. I am battling daily pride in my life and self-confidence and self-focus and lack of concern for others, if I'm going to be honest with you. And daily, I have to come to Jesus 
and say, though I know what I want to do, I don't want to do what I should do, but that's the flesh in me that's wanting to do it. And if you wonder where that type of stuff comes from, read Romans 7. You see, I'm living in a state of battle where I want to do what's pleasing to God, but my flesh rears its ugly head and it says, use people. And Jesus says, serve people. And the flesh says, you can do it. And Jesus says, only through me. And I just battle day by day. And I'm reminded by these disciples that I'm a whole lot more like them while they're walking with Jesus when we see them later on than they are then. I don't know about you. We're somewhere on the continuum if we're saved. Now you say, why the heck would you want to be a servant? You know what a servant is? A Greek word, it means a table waiter. You know what? That's what Jesus calls you to. Throw the towel on your arm. I've never actually worked in a restaurant. How do you hold the tray? Like this or like this? I don't know. I go two arms. You put the towel on your arm, you walk out with the tray, and you serve people. We're like, but, but, but I want to be the master chef. I want to own the shop. I want the visible position. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I cook. I own the shop. You serve. You say, but I want to be great. Jesus says, the busboy is the great one. But that's not what the world applauds. Jesus says, I know. And in this world, if you want to live, you have to die. And if you want to be great, you have to serve. And when you live with an eternal perspective in mind, and you see Christ well, and you hear verses 32, 33, and 34 clearly, you come to Jesus, and you say, Jesus, I'm a hot mess. I am a self-focused, overconfident, inconsiderate fool. And do you know what Jesus will say? To hell with you. Right? What would he say? He would smile. He would say, see, that's good because I came to die for self-focused, overconfident, inconsiderate fools. In fact, if we go back a little bit, we might say to Jesus, I'm not good. I can't keep the law. I haven't done it at all. And Jesus would smile at you and say, ah, but I have. You see, Jesus is not self-focused, is he? Jesus, he's not even self-confident. He came to do the will of the Father and the power of the Spirit. Philippians 2. You know what? You got a Bible. You better turn there, grab a highlighter, a pen, spray paint, duct tape. Verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. How? Just try really hard to do that? No. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Why would I want to do that? People are annoying. People get in my way. People mess up my plans. I want to be great. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though... He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, oh my word, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Wow! Wow! How am I supposed to serve people? I can do it! No, you can't. I want to do it, not for long. What do I do, Jesus? Jesus says, look at me. What are you looking at day by day? What are you thinking about day by day? What's the first thing that comes into your mind when you wake up in the morning? You know what mine is? What do I have to do today? Oh, my aches and pains. Who's going to annoy me first this morning? Not all the time, but sometimes it goes that way. 
You know what I want to wake up saying one day? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe I see him face to face. Then I'll be, whoo! But if I wake up and I have to see this face in the mirror, thank you, Jesus, not for this face. Laura says that. Shh, don't tell her I said that. Thank you, Jesus, for the day. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, that you're at work in me. Jesus, help. Because I recognize right out of bed today, I am a self-focused, overconfident, inconsiderate fool, but I want to be great for your glory. I want to represent you all. I want you to be at work in and through me so I might make you known. So would you change my heart? Would you help me grow to know you and trust you better? Would you let me see you more clearly? Would you sanctify me by your word, which is truth? Would you help me not be conformed to this world and pursue the ways of this world so I might seek to be a servant of all and a slave to all? What does that mean, a slave to all? It's not an option, it's a command. You are to serve. But Lord Jesus, take it from duty to delight. James and John. Oh, Jesus! What, John? I want the seats. Fast forward. First John. I love this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this, this is John, same John, give us the best seats. The same ignorant, self-focused, overconfident John. Same John. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. How do you go from, give me the seats, we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. How's that happen? Hard work. Right? Now, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Hmm. John knew something. He could do all things through Christ who strengthened him. And day by day, James and John, they drank the cup. These are martyrs. Day by day, John walked with Christ. John grew with Christ. John lived for Christ more fully. And do you know what John became? Great. What are you after in life, my friends? See, Jesus says to us, you laughed at the story. The grill is hot. The grill is hot. The grill is hot. Use your head. You want to be great? Well, you're self-focused overconfident and inconsiderate. Uh-uh. You want to be great? Uh-huh. Well, you're self-focused, overconfident, and inconsiderate. You want to be great? Well, you're self-focused, overconfident, and inconsiderate. How many times do we want to do that? Anybody here self-focused? Anybody want to die to self? Hmm. Anyone here overconfident? I hate to break to you if you say, no, I have low self-esteem. You're so self-focused. <laughs> Anyone here overconfident? Anyone here wake up this morning coming to church seeking how to serve the brothers and sisters at church today? Anyone here running here today greeting people, praying for people, encouraging people, welcoming people, loving people, not even thinking of themselves? But do you want to? You know why you should want to? Because Jesus came to save us and to fix the word order. Me, you, Jesus. Uh-uh. Jesus, you, me. Jesus came 
and died for us. He gave his life as a ransom for many so we might have eternal life. And he gives us a new heart and he teaches us and he changes us and he flips us and we're so discombobulated, it's so confusing. I don't know what I'm doing. Stop. Jesus, stop. Stop and listen. Stop and hear. Stop and look at who I am, at what I did, and who I have made you. Hmm. So the question, my friends, put before us today is, do you want to be great? Jesus wants you to be great, but do you understand how to become great? The disciples didn't so much get it. They're going to get this lesson again. Hang with me as we go through John. He has to keep teaching it. And if he teaches it so often and records it in Scripture, I'm going to assume, because it was rather frustrating to me this week, that we all need to hear it again. What do we need to hear? You're like, don't do it. One more time, folks. You are self-focused, overconfident, inconsiderate people, just like me. But you don't have to stay that way. Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly and to give us greatness in the kingdom of God if we will trust in him. And when you understand your salvation is secure in Christ, do you know what you can do? Die to self and live for the glory of God. You stop thinking about yourself and you start focusing more on Christ. Do you know what will happen as you do that? You will begin, believe it or not, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances. How? Hmm. If you understand who God is, he's in control of all things. I think of my brother Jim here. I, I, I don't know at times how Jim and Barb carry themselves as they do, but I do, through Christ who strengthens them. But when you start to look at a situation like this of cancer and you say, God, I'm scared. God, I don't want to die. God, I'm losing my mind. Help! But then look to Jesus. Who gave Jim cancer? You don't want to hear the answer, do you? Who gave him cancer? God. Why? Because he loves him. How do I reconcile that? I don't know. But I know that's true. And as you slowly die to self and say, Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. As you seek to serve others through this affliction, as you seek to make much of Christ, do you know what? He'll end up just like Paul. Paul's locked up in prison. I'd be screaming my head off, God, don't you love me? You know what Paul's greatest sadness is? You're not going to share the gospel as much as he used to. It is better to die than live. It's better to be with Christ, Paul says. Guys, this life isn't what it's all about. It's a plane ride on the way to a, an incredible destination. But we're so focused on the plane. We're so focused on, on the seat we sit in. Why not use it and give it for the glory of God? Because Jesus says, put him first. Others ahead of yourself. Die to self and then you truly live. Now, if we live like that, the world looks at us and says, y'all crazy. But we try to fit in with the world, don't we? Because we want the world to say, you're impressive. Hmm. I went to your church and it was awesome. Y'all are impressive people. Your pastor is incredibly intelligent. Remember Sally? I miss her. We want to impress the world. We want to be accepted by the world. We want to fit in with the world. Jesus says, that will make you great in the eyes of the world. But stop. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Look to me, the author and perfecter of your faith. 
Now I asked who here, who here wants to be great. Can I tell you a little secret? Jesus wants you all to be great. But the only way to be great is to trust in him first and foremost for salvation. And once you have trusted in him day by day to die to self, to look to him, to serve others and live for his glory. Is that hard? It's impossible. But can I tell you something? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now next week we're going to look at one of my favorite stories in scripture. But before we get there this week, this sucker could just blow right by you over your head and you'll never think about it again. Here's what I want you to do. And do it, please, I had to do it all week. <laughs> Take some time and sit down with God and say, God, where am I self-focused? Where am I overconfident? Where am I inconsiderate? Show me, convict me, and change me for your glory. Let me be great for your glory, not because I want to be great, but because you want me to be great. If you go too quick, you won't understand. I'm talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. We all have mixed motives. We all seek to serve God in part, and we seek to serve self in part. We all want to bring glory to God and glory to me. We want to serve people in part, and we want to be served by people in part. We know we can't do everything on our own in part, and then we think we can do everything on our own in part. We're, 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 we're hypocrites. We're a mixed bag of motives, and Jesus died for us, but he didn't leave us where we are. Come as you are, don't stay as you are. Spend some time with the Lord today and ask him, Holy Spirit, would you show me where I am, self-focused, inconsiderate, and overconfident? Because I know that is not what you want me to be. And I want to bring glory to you. We are a people of God, saved by God, for the glory of God. When you stop and think about that, you will desire to obey God because you know how much he loves you. And he calls you to serve him, to love others, and to die to self. How do you do it? Look at Christ. Walk with Christ. Trust in Christ. What happens when you do it? Well, I'll leave that to you to find out. What does Jesus say? He wants to give us abundant life, joy-filled life. He wants us to know him well and be used by him powerfully. How? He wants us to be great. How? Don't do what comes in the flesh. Recognize the struggle that you have and trust in Christ. Jesus, then you, then me. Let's pray. Father God, I would think there were myriad of other ways you could work to bring glory to yourself than saving people like me. I would think there would be more effective means of proclaiming the gospel, perhaps through the angels, than through fallen people like me. But God, you delight in taking what is weak and showing how strong you are. You delight in working with fallen, limping, hypocritical fools to do a mighty work that only you can do. Lord Jesus, I confess that at times I am a very self-focused person. I confess that at times I am overly confident in my own abilities. I confess at times I seek the approval of man. And I confess at times I don't particularly care for the interests of others to be put ahead of my own. 
Lord Jesus, help me understand that reality in my life more fully and die to it. Lord Jesus, I cannot seek your glory above mine on my own. I cannot have a joyful desire to serve others on my own. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We all can. Lord, we're some busy folk. We got jobs and tasks and families and home repairs and car repairs and lawns to cut and leaves to rake and trees to do and jobs to... And we're, God, we're kind of busy, so we don't have time for you. We just want glory. Hmm. Wonder whose priorities are wrong. Lord, slow us down. Help us to gaze upon your magnificent beauty. Help us to realize your will will be done. Allow us to live by your to-do list, not ours. Help us to walk responsibly and steward well what you've entrusted to us for your glory, but for your glory, not ours. Lord, I pray this church would not be a church that the world celebrates, but that you rejoice in. I pray that you might see us as a church dying to self and living for your glory and living for one another. You see, I have lots of plans for me, but I'd rather live according to your plans. Lord, help us be a people who seek to bring glory to you, to serve one another, and to be a slave to all. Help us risk it all by trusting in you, understanding that in trusting you is there is no risk at all. Jesus, help us be more like John in 1 John. On, help us be more like John on Patmos than John in the Garden of Gethsemane. Help us not burn our hands and burn our heads yet again because we're slow learners. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your unfailing love. Thank you for the fact that our salvation does not rest in our work because if it did, we would lose it quickly, yet we would never even receive it in the first place. But it is your righteousness credited to us. Jesus, help. We need help. Lord Jesus, do a mighty work in us. Do a mighty work through us so that you might be glorified by us. It's in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen.